Time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 39, and we're kicking off our long ride series with a special guest this evening, none other than the fashionista who has an iron butt. So I'm Rich Warfield, he's Rico Hogan, how are you man? Doing good, how's everyone this evening? Not bad, not bad. It's We're back to the cold weather, which, you know, I guess it comes and goes in the winter, but it's supposed to be nice on Saturday. Well, I just escaped the cold weather from Cleveland because it snowed there today, and I got here last night. So, oh, so, so sorry to hear that. I know four inches of snow that they got. Awesome. All right, our technical director, Mister Miracle, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Talking about that weather, I had to take a little work trip this week up to D.C., and I came through that major storm last night. That was kind of a fun, interesting little ride. Hit some hail. Nice. I take a five minute pit stop and storm blew over and made it home. All right. Well, we're going to skip our our beer segment this evening, and that is because our our special guest, which we'll get to in a moment, is a fan of coffee, which is our other beverage of choice when, of course, we're not drinking beer. So when we get to that segment, we're going to go through a, a round of coffee instead of instead of beers tonight. Um, and also, we'll keep our, our chit-chat relatively light. We just want to mention two quick things, and then, and then we'll get to it. So last Saturday, Rico, we both got a chance to test our windshields, heading up to your favorite cigar bar. That's right. JR Cigars it was a good time. And I got to say, yeah, sorry. And I got to say, that was a nice place. I'm not much of a cigar person, I guess. I, I did try one, uh, which was pretty nice. It was pretty mellow, but... What a nice place. I mean, if if you're into cigars, that just seemed like nirvana. Oh, yeah. We sat out by the fire pit, enjoyed our stogies, and our. I had a copper. What'd you have? Some kind of IPA? An IPA? I'm, sh- I'm shocked. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like a citrus IPA. I forget the, the maker, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Good way to cap the ride. And I got to say, Aaron, man, he sets a blistering pace, so we definitely got to shake down those new windshields. Oh, yeah. And how did I'm those windshield works out? You know, I think I'm getting used to it. I'm not sure if it was just because I was kind of just in the moment of riding with the guys and sort of taking that in, but it really didn't bother me. We were going much quicker than I've mentioned in previous shows, but it really didn't bother me at all. So maybe I'm getting used to it. And mine works phenomenal. It just carries the wind right over my head, no buffeting, no anything. So it's nice. It's got that nice scoop. Yep. Now it was dark heading home. So did you have it all the way down so you didn't have to look through it, or how'd that work out? No, I had it. I raised it about maybe three inches up, so the wind just kind of blew over me. Uh, so I look even with it up. I still look over it, so it still works out nice. So digging it. Very nice. Even in the rain, it worked out pretty good because I, I hit a little rain on the way there to meet you guys, and uh, it worked flawlessly. Very nice. All right. So yeah, that was a good ride. And one other thing I just want to mention real quick is that Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte has secured second place in the Project Scout competition. So we had Aaron on uh, one or two episodes ago. Kind of forget now, but (laughs) it looks like the guys from Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte are going to be heading to Daytona for the final, final round of that competition. How cool is that? Yeah, the big fenders, right? Who who would have thunk it out of all those entries? Yeah. So that's neat. Congratulations to them and maybe we'll maybe one of us will get down to Daytona and see it before they raffle it off or something. <laughs> <laughs> so how many miles did you end up with uh that day? Um I think it was just under a hundred, somewhere in the eighty range, I think. It was a pretty decent day considering we didn't start till three o'clock in the afternoon. I, I did two fifty there and back. I beat that's you, Rico. Three hundred fifty. Shit of. <laughs> now you had a couple extra That's wheels, though. <laughs> well, yeah, 
And, and to answer your question, it was 37 we had Aaron on, so two episodes as of this recording. Nice. Thank you, John. As always, loudpipes.net slash 37. Okay, so one more quick reminder, and then we're going to get into what everyone is probably waiting for at this point. And I just want to mention our contest again that we we announced last episode. And we're going to run this actually through the end of April. So we'll accept entries up through May 1st. And like we said, we just want to know where people are headed this year, where you're planning a long ride. Um, and there's no criteria on a long ride. So again, it's whatever you consider a long ride. And we're going to aggregate those um, we're aggregate those results, put it into the show, and then we're going to draw two names for T-shirts as well. So, so get those entries in, and we'll keep you posted. All right, you guys ready for the good stuff? I am so ready. So ready. Lay it on me. All right. All right, fellas. So in order to bring in this next topic, I have to give you a little story to set it up properly. All right. So here's the setting. Okay. So it's late spring, early summer, 2014. So Rico and I are sketching out what eventually became Loud Pipes, and we often discuss the motorcycle experience. So meaning that every rider has a story to tell, and that's something that's relatable to all riders. Regardless of what you're riding, just other riders can relate to sort of the lifestyle, um, kind of the, you know, the brotherhood or the community, if you will. So as we set out to develop the show, now some 39 episodes in the making, it's always been geared toward the idea of what we're doing tonight. So fast forward to around the November, December timeframe of 2015, and I come across a tweet from Vicki Gray, and she's over at Motorist, uh, a motorcycle blog. And the title of the tweet was, The Fashionista with an Iron Butt. And I was just so intrigued. So I'm like, okay, got to earmark this article and come back to it for a future show. And then, of course, what happened, right? Holidays, <laughs> kind of forgot, got through Christmas, got through New Year's. And then as the sort of the New Year passed and we started looking for topics, then I discovered the Fashionista's website directly. And then as I dug a little deeper, I realized that she's in Conway, South Carolina. And since we've been talking about long rides and we've been thinking about doing something like, you know, the, the thousand miles in 24 hours or something longer. So I reached out to Deb Gask, who is the fashionista that has an iron butt, and I asked if she would share her experience on the show. And thankfully, she said yes, so I will stop my rambling here and get on to what everyone really wants to hear. So Deb, thanks for agreeing to put up with us this evening, and welcome to Loud Pipes. Well, thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? We're hanging in there. Yeah, doing well. Doing awesome. Glad to have you on. I'm just so glad uh, Rich reached out to me. I, I got an email actually on my birthday weekend. Yes, happy birthday! I saw that. Thank you, thank you. And uh, and so I was just extremely pleased and thought, well, what a great birthday gift! So thank you, Rich. You are welcome. Since we're shifting our beverage talk, do you want to lead off the the coffee segment? So I know that that you enjoy great coffee, as do we. So we figured we would do a quick round of of beverages before we get into the bike talk. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, tonight I'm just going to go with my go-to. I really wanted to do something a little more exotic, but didn't have quite the time today to, to put that on. So I've got my uh, Starbucks French roast, and I have the Coffee Ninja Bar, which is what I use at the house here. So um, I've got a, a beautiful cup of coffee right in front of me with some raw honey and organic milk, and I'm good to go. Very, very nice. Now, Mr. Hogan, I know you are pretty exotic with your coffee process, building process, let's call it. So what's in your cup, my man? Well, tonight I did a real nice long stew in my French press. I did about seven minutes on this Joe Van Gogh Cafe Feminino blend. And it is fantastic, my friend. Now you're pretty straight up with your coffee, right? No cream, no sugar. Well, tonight I did it. My wife has tried, uh, she's trying this... um, uh, French vanilla soy creamer. So I had a little bit of that in there tonight. I have a little bit of that in there tonight. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, my coffee is pretty. My coffee is pretty standard, but the the technique is obviously borrowed from Mister Hogan, who's turned me on to the French press. And I have Starbucks Sumatra decaf, also French pressed, and just a light amount of cream and. Maybe a one generous teaspoon of of palm coconut sugar, and that's that's how I'm rolling tonight. Sounds fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. Now, seven minutes on the press, is that considered a long time? Because I'm usually six, seven minutes or, or more, <laughs> if I forget. I like my coffee with a little more uh, oomph to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, t- I tend to let it uh, steep a little longer. Oh, yeah. That's the best guide. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Now, John, I know you don't drink coffee, but did you partake this evening? Yeah, I, I turned on the good old K-cup and I, and I brew one. Just a plain uh, regular coffee with some uh, hazelnut cream and sugar. Nothing wrong with that. It's once in a while, right? Yeah, since I don't really drink much, so. All right. Well, the coffee segment is over. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about motorcycles and more specifically, putting some serious mileage on a motorcycle. So, so like I said, Deb has agreed to join us this evening and... We're really going to take a couple different approaches to the conversation. Um, obviously, we want to know a little bit about what she does, a little bit about her riding, and then, like I said, to kick off our series of planning for a long trip, maybe we'll extract some good tips and tricks to staying in the saddle for a thousand miles. Good Lord. <laughs> so it, yeah. if you don't mind, Deb, can we start with, let's call it a day in the life of the fashionista before you started riding? So just kind of bring us up to sort of what you were doing before you got the bug and started riding motorcycles? Okay, well, basically, um, prior to that, I was uh, living here at the beach. I'm from Utah originally. Uh, I was a single mom here at the beach, a communications director um, at a local church, and just kind of doing my thing. Um, I've always had this love for fashion and accessories and have always been known for for that. And um, really never, motorcycles were never on my radar at all. I mean, I just really didn't really care too much about them, didn't really care for you know, anything mm-hmm. to do with motorcycles. And, um, and at some point my husband, um, my husband to be, let's say I started dating him and, and, and boom, he was a motorcyclist, um, tried and true since he was a kid. And, um, so he asked me, had I, had I ever been on a motorcycle? And of course, no. And, uh, would you like to go on a ride? And I kind of didn't really, <laughs> wasn't sure about that, but I, I did. And, um, it just opened up a whole new world for me. I was immediately just intrigued and I, I kind of got it right away. So very nice. That's ba- basically where I was. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's got a garage full. <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like a future show. Yep. Ah, yes. <laughs> so before you started riding, I, I guess I have to ask, so living in Conway, any effect on you being so close to one of the biggest bike weeks in the U.S.? Did that sort of steer you away or, or, or more towards it once you sort of got the bug? Once I got the bug, it was more towards it. Before I got the bug, um, honestly, you know, the church that I worked at, we were right on a main highway. So when, when it was bike week here, it was just, it was so noisy and it, it really kind of got on my nerves. <laughs> but now, now that I'm a rider, I understand it. I get it. And, um, and actually now the sound is, is very appealing to me. So, you know, quite the opposite. There you go. <laughs> Have you started to recognize the different types of bikes I drive by now? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. and, and that's all through my, my husband's ear because, you know, he'll yell at Ducati. That's a Harley. And so I'm, I'm starting to pick it up. So, yes. There you go. Awesome. Now, next will be the brand of pipes. You'll be like, ooh, that's Fans and Heinz. Mm, nope, that's a little bright. Maybe those are Cobras. Hold on. <laughs> I might have a little a little ways for that, but maybe. Very good. Okay. So, so you got the bug in, do I have this right, 2006? Yes, 2006. Um, I was a pillion, what they call a pillion or a passenger on the motorcycle with my husband. And he um, took me for my first long ride up to the mountains, actually, um, Blue Ridge Motorcycle Campground, which is right up there at 276. And, um, and then after that, we went to Vermont, um, to Canada, um, Quebec, up into Quebec. I mean, we went all over the place. And, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I watched everything he did from the passenger seat and watched the way he shifted and the way we would, we would maneuver the bike. And I just really kind of wanted to try that. So um, he started me out on dirt bikes back in the day. And I rode dirt bikes from about 2006 until I'd say about 2008. Um, a lot of trials and tribulations, you know, a lot of scars on my elbows, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it helped me and it helps me today as a motorcyclist. It helps me on the road today very much so. Yeah, they've. All, I've always heard it's it's good to start in the dirt, and I think a lot of people did. You know, regardless of when you start, I think that's kind of a a safe training ground. So you can you know understand what the bike's doing, especially when it's losing traction, and and like you said, that pays big dividends on the road. Absolutely, yes. Another interesting thing that you did, and I really like this mainly because I didn't do this, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of it, but I didn't do it, and that is you went right for the safety course. So talk a little bit about your experience in the motorcycle safety courses. 
I did. Well, it actually so happens that my husband also at that time um, taught the motorcycle safety for the state of South Carolina on the side. And so, um, you know, all of his instruction on the road was very helpful to me once we um, managed to get on the road a little bit. But, yeah, I took a a safety course, not from him, (laughs) but from a a couple of other uh, gentlemen that were teaching the course at the time. And it was it was uh, very, very, very helpful. Um, of course, you're learning a lot of slow maneuvering, which is very important, as we all know, as motorcyclists on the road. It's that's more important than just getting on and riding long distances in a straight line. Right. Um, so, so that course it was a it was a weekend course, and again, it was very very beneficial. Um, you know, and I I wanted to be the top in the class, but I wasn't. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was like number three. You know, I'm, I'm an overachiever. But um, but it was very humbling, and like I said, a lot of experience um, definitely. And I, w- I would suggest it to any motorcyclist out there. Um, even even if you take in the beginner course, mm-hmm. it's so important to go back at some point and take like an intermediate course or a, or a refresher course because we do out on the road. We do all of us. I think collectively we um, we need to you know kind of sharpen our skills a little bit. So yeah, amen to that. Yeah, for sure. I I've realized lately that I I need the refresher. Well, not a refresher for me. It'd be the first time, but you know, I seem to be getting into a situation now where in sort of like a panic stop, I'm always locking up the rear wheel. So, you know, I realize I don't practice that enough and I have been trying that like on side roads a little bit, just getting, you know, more braking to the front, less braking to the rear. And, you know, my bike doesn't have ABS. So just trying to get that balance down so I'm not in a panic and ended up dumping the bike because I've, you know, I've locked it up. So that would be a good thing. Yeah. And my, my biggest, I've noticed after, um, Towards the end of this past riding season, I've, I've got to, um, I've really got to brush up on my U-turns, my slow U-turns, because I, I kind of clench up a little bit, <laughs> and uh, make it a lot harder on myself. And uh, my mind gets in my way a lot. You know how we do that, but uh, yeah. yeah, I've got to, I've got to go brush up on that as well. So. And your bikes are pretty good size, so let's let's move off to that. What are what what are your rides, or or what have you ridden in addition to what you have now? Well, what I, I started out on when he started teaching me on the road before I took the safety class, it was a uh, Suzuki SV650, and he found out early on that was a big mistake. Um, I happened to like speed, <laughs> and um, I you know got a, a handful of uh, throttle on that, and um, of course I, I didn't do anything stupid, thankfully. But um, he was a little nervous, so he he went out kind of on his own and got and bought a, um, a little Honda Rebel 250, and it showed up in the garage one day, and I came out and I said, "What's this doing here?" And he said, "Well, I thought maybe." We could put you on that, and of course, I was very offended. You're like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's a baby bike! What are you talking about?" <laughs> but I, but I went. I was kind of mad for a little bit, but I, I got on it and I uh, figured out that was why because it was very light. I could pick it up if I dropped it. It was, you know, it was a really good training bike. Right. Um, at, at some point, I had um, earned my stripes, and uh, I wanted. I really love the BMW bikes. Just you know, the handling and the long distance. That's kind of my, you know what I really love is the long distance riding. So. He put me on a um, an F650 GS, which was a really great little bike. It was I had nicknamed that one the Goat, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we rode all over the place. I dropped that bike. The reason I called it the Goat, we, I dropped that bike like three times, and they, it was all up in the mountains on gravel hills. And so I said that Goat <laughs> was trying to climb that hill and just didn't quite make it. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and then I now, now I have graduated to the R. It's a nine, 1994 R1100 RS, and absolutely positively have become one with that bike. And um, and I've got a second one that I just got. Um, same year, same model, acts completely differently. And uh, I look for, look forward to you know putting some miles on that bike this year as well. So now the 94. So the RS. This is definitely befitting of the fashionista. It's white. Is it is it a pearlish white or is it just white? It's a pearly white, yeah. And it has a, I'm going to call it a teal seat. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. That was standard in the, apparently 1994, they loved teal. <laughs> they were still stuck in the 80s, right? BMW was just waiting to transition. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, it's, yeah, a lot of teal going on. In fact, the bike that I just purchased, um, again, in 94, the actual bodywork is a really pretty um, kind of a, a teal color as well. So, yeah. Nice. And sorry, what was the new one? It, it's the same. It's a 1994 R1100 RS, but they call it the RSL because there's a, there are a couple features on it that are a little more, I guess, luxurious. Or I don't know what the L stands for. I say luxurious, but I've got heated grips. Um, again, a few more extras on there. Very nice. All right, so let's let's get into the stuff. Or sorry, let's get into the the long riding part. So. Uh, take us down the path of how you decided to do the first iron butt ride. So I, in my mind, I sort of envisioned, was it an event? 
you know, general thoughts. Uh, perhaps there was a dare involved. <laughs> you know, how, how did you sort of get, you know, the courage or even decide that you wanted to do a, a long distance ride? Well, what happens to me in the winter time when there is basically no riding, you know, you can have a few days here and there, but what happens to me is I get very bored and I, I start challenging myself and start wondering what can I do that's going to be completely adventurous. Um, and that, that's what happened. Um, the year before last, I was sitting here in the winter and I just started reading an article in the magazine, uh, BMW magazine about an iron butt ride. And I started thinking about it and I said, gosh, you know, 24 hours, it, thousand miles, you know, if you broke that down just right, it, it's really not that bad. And so I, I sat, I put my, uh, the bar in my kitchen and I, you know, got a pencil out and I just started going through the, the timeline and I said, I could do this. And of course, my husband's out in the garage working on a, on a bike, wrenching, and I went, walked out and I said, I'm, I want to do an iron butt. And he looked at me like, what? <laughs> like, He's like, excuse me? You kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you kidding me? You? And um, when I convinced him that's what I exactly wanted to do, he, he he was like, okay. So he let me plan the whole trip. And um, a lot of people that do the iron butt, they get up, you know, what I call the butt, butt crack of dawn, which is, you know, 4 a.m. And they ride right. the whole ride basically in one segment. I preferred to break it up. So you would have a good nap in between at a hotel and get a shower and, you know, wake up refreshed and finish the ride. And, and that's exactly what we did. And um, and it worked out well. So it's thrilling. It's exciting. Um, there's just, it's almost like people that run marathons, I guess. It's just, there's a, an adrenaline that just pumps through you and you just know you can do it and you want to do it. And you know that at the finish line, there's going to be an award waiting for you and, right. um, you know, people cheering you on. And so it's just, and it's addicting. It's very addicting. So, wow. so are there different stages in the, the, uh, iron butt challenge? I guess I think there was like a saddle, saddle sore 4,000. What are the different well, Saddle Store 1000 is the lowest ride you can do to be a member of the Iron Butt Association, which is a worldwide organization. has It has 60 plus members. I'm sorry, 60,000 plus members worldwide. Um, any bikes are, of course, in, you know, invited or involved. Um, and so, a Saddle Store 1000 is the lowest ride you can do. The next step up is usually a Bun Burner 1500, which is what I did this past summer. So that's 1500 miles in 36 hours. Wow. That's that's a big one. <laughs> that's impressive. Now, wh- where'd you start and where'd you end up? For the Bunbird of this past, um, we started in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and rode all the way to Rapid City, South Dakota, and did that in, actually did uh, 1,600 miles as it ended up in 35 hours. So, mm. St- Sturgis country. Yes. Actually, we were there like the week before Sturgis started. <laughs> I've heard that's the week to go or the week after. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we and we were actually on our way to the BMW um, International Rally, which was in Billings, Montana. And we have a very good friend of ours who lives in um, Deadwood. And she had invited us into town to, you know, hang out for a few days and spend some time with her and, and kind of see a little bit of Sturgis, pre-Sturgis, <laughs> before we headed up to Billings, Montana that, that year. So, Wow. So you've, so you've got the 1,000 and the 1,500 under your belt. So are you plan, planning for another one or are you taking a break at the moment? Oh, no breaks. It is my plan and goal to, um, in the fall, uh, whether it be September or October, to do what's called a 50cc. That's coast to coast in 50 hours. Mm. Wow. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the typical, the easiest route, which is probably the route I'm going to take, is uh, Jacksonville, Florida to San Diego, California. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, wasn't there... A guy recently, he broke the record. I'm going to, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but he went coast to coast. I want to say in like 20 some hours. He did. He did. He did have a support team as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, he cheated. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal, but you know, I'd like to have a support team, you know, following me and, you know, making right. sure I have something to eat and drink on the road and all that. But <laughs> that is nice because, uh, when we went to Barber, <laughs> John was our support team. <laughs> yeah, John followed yeah. us in the car. It was nice. <laughs> Hey, hey, John, John, do you need a job? <laughs> I'm all game. All right. As long as we record a show, we'll make it a business expense, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I have a, a cousin of mine that lives out in San Francisco. And uh, I was talking to him today, and he uh, has done the Four Corner Tour twice. I'm not sure if you've done that one. That's, uh, you know, the four of the farthest points in the lower 48s. Um, 7,000 miles in about 21 days. They got to do it, and he's did it twice. That's awesome. That'll probably be, that's probably for next year, I bet you. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, he's it's a cool one. He's done it a couple times, so yeah. So something for you to aim for. Yes, absolutely. So Deb, my next question is how many states have you written in so far? Oh, you're asking me for a count. Um, <laughs> I keep track of them on my website. I have a map and I've I've colored, you know, the states in um, to which I've traveled on my two wheels. Um, I would have to say that I probably have in the teens left mm. to travel to. And um, it is my goal to also do Alaska and Hawaii. Now, Hawaii is, you know, it would be, you'd fly over and rent a bike, but still, I, I want to do all 50. Right. So I found your map. It looks like 31 or 32 states so far. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> it's, that's impressive. To be fairly new into writing, I guess, you know, to do all those studies, that's more than I could think of, <laughs> you know, getting out doing. Thank you. Like I said, it's such a big thrill. And uh, I love challenges, obviously. <laughs> so um, uh, this summer, uh, the BMW rally is going to be in um, Hamburg, New York. So I've got other tons of other rides planned. But for that particular ride, we're going to go up for the, the big rally and then leave from there. And um, I've got a, a good friend of mine in Montreal. We're going to slip up there and see her. And then we're going to head up to Nova Scotia and do um, kind of a tour around Nova Scotia. And then on the way back, going to hit the entire eastern seaboard on the way home so I can get all those other small states all the way down the eastern seaboard. So hopefully I'll have the entire east um, most of the Midwest taken care of, and then I just need to go over and slip over to the West Coast and take care of all those states as well. So, uh, Nova Scotia is nice. Holy moly. Rhode Island will be a blink of an eye. Do you, do you like scallops by chance? I love scallops. So you have to go to Digby Bay while you're there. Yes. They're supposed to be the best in the world. And those that's the first place I ever had them. And they're like, yeah, this is like, this is like the best. We're like world renowned for for our scallops. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. I've never had them before. <laughs> I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yep. And the tides are interesting there too. If, if you've never been, like, I forget how many feet it changes, but when the tide is coming in and going out, it it looks like a river. There's so much movement. It's funny you say that. I just watched something on the Weather Channel on Sunday about that. Just out of the blue, it came on, and I said, "Oh, <laughs> I'm going there, and I can't wait to see that." So. Yeah, it's funny to watch. You're sitting in a restaurant, and then, if, like, if tide's going out, by the time you finish your meal, there are, there are ships, like, sitting on the sand. It's like that much movement. Pretty yeah. cool. I'm looking at your site again as, as you guys are going back and forth, and I'm looking at all the different uh, <laughs> awesome rides you've done so far. Oh, my God. Million Dollar Highway, yeah. Beartooth Highway, Blur Highway, Moonshine 28. Holy cow. <laughs> devil's devil's Whip. Man. Tail of the Dragon. Yep. Yeah. Holy moly. All right. So which one is your favorite so far? You know, I, uh, Tail of the Dragon was um, very menacing to me. I've, I've been up there on the back with my husband. I've been, you know, been up there quite a few times in a vehicle. And I just, for some reason, had such a problem with that. Um, that was my first big, I guess you could say, big road ride, um, scary road ride. And I did that in May. I wanted to conquer that, but it was it was a huge fear to overcome, and I'm really glad I did it. But I we did that in May, and um, once I got on the the road, I I dawdled around in that that t-shirt store at the bottom for the longest time, you know, kind of <laughs> trying to avoid it. And my husband my husband said, "Are you ever gonna you ever want to ride this ride?" But once I got on on the dragon, and um, I started going, it just felt so great. And I was I was very careful and very cautious, but um, but it felt really good. And and once I finished, which it it didn't take long at all, and I I was shocked that we were done so quickly. Um, You know, moving on to the next thing, which was Beartooth Highway, that was really scary because I'm not really um, keen with heights. And and uh, thank goodness I have the GoPro on because I figured the GoPro can you know take in all the pretty sights, and I'll I'll look at it later. (laughs) (laughs) I just need to keep my eye on the road. You know, so um, the elevations there are just incredible. And so the Beartooth was my next step up, and that again, it was just gorgeous and um, you know just awe inspiring and. That was where I we went up to the top, and there was there was still snow on the ground in July, so we stopped and took pictures in the snow, and that was kind of cool. And then the next one was Million Dollar Highway, and that was the most fearful I think I've ever been thus far on a motorcycle. Can imagine. I just took a peek at your uh, your video, and you did that in the rain. <laughs> it was actually the storm was worse than it looked in the video. It was a driving wind, rain, and um, there are no guardrails. P.S. And it's a double lane highway and uh, on very very steep curves. And uh, I thought for sure I was going to be blown over the side of the mountain. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a big fear factor for me. 
Mm. Oh my God! I'm sure your 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 hands were white just from <laughs> the knuckles just clenching onto those handlebars so tightly. Don't Can you imagine. know? Don't you know? <laughs> oh, and the hair man. the hairpin curves on on that road. I mean, when you'd see the signs that said you know tw- twenty miles an hour, twenty five miles an hour, the caution signs. You know, you get down to ten and five. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy moly! Well, that's impressive. I'm sure now you have no fear of riding in the rain after doing that. Absolutely not. And then, you know, the dragon, that's really made the draw. I want to go up on the dragon and go up and down and up and down and up and, you know, really enjoy it this time because now that fear factor for me has completely, um, you know, been <laughs> extinguished when I was on the million dollar highway. So, <laughs> right, right. Holy cow. And the views were phenomenal too. Jeez. Absolutely. Just beautiful. It was a very epic summer. That was the biggest trip. Um, it was the, I, me being from Utah, it was a, a dream of mine to um, travel all the way from South Carolina to, to my home state and back. And, uh, and again, all those things kind of pecked in the middle of there. Um, but it was just a beautiful trip back and ended up doing almost 6,000 miles round trip on that, that three week, 21 day epic adventure. I called it. <laughs> wow. That, that's awesome. And you know, that's something that I want to do too. So next time you want to go on a long ride and you need a, an extra person to ride along with, give me a shout. I'll ride out there with you. Absolutely. More the merrier. Yep. Yeah. Rico's got the big rolling couch nowadays. So he- he just puts his feet up and basically runs it out of gas. Yeah, yeah. So what do you ride, Rico? So I have a, a 2015 Indian Roadmaster. Nice. Yeah. So I've, I upgraded from my two, my uh, 2000 Yamaha R6, which I did the uh, the Dragon Tail line and uh, in record time, I may add. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, the transition was... Uh, kind of huge but it's um i guess you could say for lack of a better word it was needed to slow me down a little bit um it's a totally different ride it's a more comfortable comfortable ride it's a more um take in the sight type of ride um so it's, it's been really nice and i've really been enjoying um this bike so far and my wife now she she has taken the uh safety class um and is now riding my r6 Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a theme with the speed here with these, um, you know, women starting to ride later in life because Rico's wife's the same way. She, she got, basically took the course, got on the R6 and she's like, oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> I really like this. Yeah. So she's been hooked. That's great. I love to hear women who are, you know, getting in, even at later age, it's even better because you, I just, you know, you have so much more, I guess, appreciation, I would assume. I can't speak for the younger ladies who get involved early, but I know yeah. It's been great. So, well, sticking on the bike topic for a second. So, obviously, you have two BMWs, a little bit older, and w- so what other things have you ridden? And you know, if you could get a different bike for doing these long hauls, do you think that there's a different style, or are these BMWs just set up for this kind of riding? Um, honestly, I've, I've just ridden a few more of the BMWs, just to kind of like short little um, jaunts, but. Um, Right. Honestly, I, I don't. I can't imagine there being any bike that was any more comfortable for me. Particularly, um, the seating position on this R eleven hundred bike is perfect for me. I kind of had doubted that when I first got the bike because there's a little bit more of a, like a frontward lean to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and people kept asking me, you know, how, of course with the iron the iron butt, you know, how do, how does that feel back there, you know, after all that long riding? But I my my seat is actually stock. And it surprised me myself that I could ride so many miles and I never got fatigued on the, you know, on my tail end. It was really pretty much just my hands, which is pretty typical and normal for most motorcyclists that ride long distance. You, know, you have kind of fatigue in, in your hands a little bit. But, um, you know, I, it's, I can't imagine getting on any other bike or wanting any, any other bike to ride on. I'm, I'm completely, perfectly happy. Um, cool. Yeah, so I've got enough luggage space. Yeah, I found my baby. My luggage space is is perfect for me. Um, you know, the fashionista carries a lot of things. Um, yep. Doesn't doesn't overdo it by any means, but I've I've found the dry sacks, um, which are perfect to put things in and roll up. And then I use what's called a rock strap and it's R O K strap, and um, they they're wonderful and easy. And uh, I just it's good to go. I strap everything down and take off. So very nice. All right, so what is the most important thing that you have to bring with you when you go on your long rides? <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> most important thing. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee, maybe a little whiskey, no. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, 
you know, honestly, I, um, and I, gosh, I just, I really like to be myself on the road and I just like to look myself and to dress myself. And I, of course it's all time and place. I don't, people ask me, do you take your stilettos with you on, on these trips? Do you know, <laughs> oh, no, not quite. You know, it's always about time and place people, you know, it depends on what, what the activity is at the end, if there's some, you know, yeah. fancy dinner to go to, but typically it's just cute outfits, my makeup, um, you know, and I, I can go days without wearing makeup. Of course, on the road, I don't have to be, you know, like the, the prima donna that's always, you know, running late because I have to, you know, make, put makeup on. But, you know, just those, those comfort items of mine, my jewelry, you know, that kind of thing. I just like to look like myself when I get to where I'm going, take a shower and, you know, go out for dinner. Um, I like to be me on the road as well as at home. So, yeah. John, are you taking notes for Barber? Cute outfits. Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. You know, Maybe a, throw in a curling iron too. So, so talking about Barber. We're going to take a trip in October if you want to kind of join us to uh, Birmingham to the Barber Vintage Fest. Actually, John, I've I've been there a couple of years ago, and my plan um, this is this is the big plan. So I'm revealing it now on the air. So my plan is actually this year to um, once I I want to do the 50 CC and have that combined with um, returning through Barber the Barber Vintage Fest on the way home. So that would be. Jacksonville to San Diego, a couple days rest, and then coming back through and hitting the Vintage Fest before I head home. That'll be the last ride of probably the riding season, so what a great ending. That'd be kind of cool, because then we could even, you know, Rich, we could, maybe if she wanted to, we could sit down and have a, you know, a fresh interview from her ride and everything, get some scoop. A little follow-up, yeah. That'd be great. So you need to, you need to talk to Tom, John, as well. Your cousin or uncle? I yeah, just get that t- confused. my cousin Tom, yeah. Get him to come to Barber. Unfortunately, I think in October they're going to go. He's big into drag racing, so uh, I think in October he's going to uh, drag races in Las Vegas. All right. Um, continue to look at your site here, and I see that you wrote an article in the BMW's owner uh, owners new magazine. So, tell me about that. And what that's all about. Well, actually, I'm a, a regular columnist in in the magazine. Um, I, I write uh, regularly. I don't write every single month, but I write about two months on, one month off. And my column is called Long Distance Style. And um, I've written so far five issues. I've got one more coming out uh, in probably about a week or two in the March issue. So um, I write just articles about my experiences on the road. Um, my, my, probably the one I like the best, I think, so far, my, my most favorite is a December issue. I did one called Southern Comfort on Two Wheels and um, basically just did – I decided I want to do something a little bit different and uh, kind of do a bed and breakfast tour throughout the South and just kind of also get into the cultures and the different little areas, regions in the South. And um, that that article really kind of took off, and it's pretty popular. I have a lot of people referring to it and asking me questions about it and wanting more information about some of the places that I stayed and – so I'm kind of finding a niche, um, even though some of my other articles, you know, have been helpful to people and I've had some feedback, but that one seemed to have the most. Um, so kind of traveling on a motorcycle and doing it a little differently. Cool. So are you finding that these bed and breakfasts are bike friendly? Um, the ones I've, no, of course I did some research prior to, um, I, I believe that probably most all of bed and breakfasts, I would say the majority are probably bike friendly. It's just a matter of their parking situation, <laughs> which uh, the first one I stayed in, in uh, Natchez, Mississippi, um, the parking was actually up and behind the bed and breakfast, which was a two sharp, very narrow turns and then up a steep driveway. <laughs> so, oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I carefully maneuvered myself up that driveway. And once I got there, I parked the bike for the rest of the time. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, I'm on imagine. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever get up in the West Virginia area, uh, you've probably heard of the Old Clark Inn. Yes. Great place to stay up there. It's been, I think it's been a couple of years since I've been there, but that's a great place. Been there a few times. Another good spot that we went to, we did a round table on, was the Diamondback up in Little Switzerland. Ah, very nice. Actually, I'm going to be traveling there in May for what's called the Mountain Moxie. It's a woman's uh, motorcycling convention, and it's we're staying at the Little Switzerland Inn up there um, for three days and, um, you know, talking about all things women motorcycling and taking rides together and that kind of thing. So I'm excited about that. Oh, wow. Is Are men allowed to show up for that? Men, <laughs> men are allowed. <laughs> Is that a co- co-ed event? <laughs> Don't tell my husband he's not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
When is that happening? That is going to be uh, in May. Uh, the first, I believe, the second weekend in May. It's Mother's Day weekend. So, Okay. Actually, we're going to be in the vicinity, aren't we, John? What, are, what weekend is that video bloggers ride? Uh, we're doing that the weekend of the 21st. Oh, a little farther out. Okay. This is the week prior. Another motor blogger that we know um, from one of our previous episodes and works with me, he, is, he has a group of, and they're going to get together and uh, do the Tale of the Dragon on the 21st. I'm going to go out with them, take my uh, WRX with them, ride through that and Rico's planning on coming up and and hopefully Rich can scoot up as well and I'm working on it. Famous last words. <laughs> very cool, very cool. <laughs> so some good riding though. I mean I, I like kinda like your riding style there in terms of you know, it's not just the ride, it's also the places that you're stopping at, some interesting you know, interesting bed and breakfasts, a lot of good food, I see. But the thing I have to sort of go back to a little bit is just the ride itself, like, I guess kind of, I guess you have to walk me through a little bit about staying in the saddle for, you know, a thousand miles. Like, is it, you just sort of get into a Zen or do you have any sort of, you know, physical tips or tricks? Like, you know, what do you do to keep going for that distance? Um, you know, for me, I really, really, um, I love music and, uh, music it's, I, I put on and I've got it, um, in my helmet, I've got the, um, Bluetooth speaker system in there and uh, the headset and I, Bluetooth it up with my phone, my iPhone, and my iTunes list, and I've got tons and tons of playlists with my, my music taste is just all across the board. Um, and so different, you know, playlists for different feelings and different moods, but I, I typically always have music on it. It just helps for me personally to kind of calm um, any, you know, fears or, you know, the little blurps you have when you're riding a motorcycle, you know, in different places and strange places. And um, that for me is the best. As far as comfort in the saddle, mm-hmm. um, I stretch a lot. I, you know, I, I you typically sometimes will find me standing up on my pegs, you know, riding down the road at 65 <laughs> miles an hour. So, you know, just anything that helps there. Um, I need, I need gas probably about every 180 miles. So the stops, I don't like to stop for a long period of time. I, I like to kind of go, go, go. Um, but, uh, you know, taking a stop here and there, a break, um, lots of water. I, I hydrate. Um, I've got a camelback that I carry on my back underneath my suit and I'm constantly sipping on water, which is a good thing. Um, keeps you hydrated, keeps you, um, you know, focused and, right. and all of that. So lots of water. Sometimes I'll, I'll pop down a coconut water because that, that's helpful as well. Um, and then at the end of the evening, when you get into where you're going to go, there's always this lure for a hot shower oh, yeah. <laughs> and a stiff drink of whiskey. And that is just the way I roll. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I guess that's something I have to get used to. We're, we, we banter this a lot because I'm... I don't know if the word's old school or not, but I'm, I guess I'm pretty simple when it comes to the bike. I really just want me, the bike, and the road. And then as we're we're doing more group rides, I, I see the advantages of having some sort of communication. So we've we all have the Cena. Is it twenty S, John? What are, what are those things we bought? It is twenty S, and yours is as we talked about uh, as of this recording, or when we're recording, it's on its way. And you'll have it Saturday. It's in the mail. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I guess what I'm saying, Deb, is I'm coming around to it and I don't, I guess I've never had the urge to try and get music on the motorcycle. I'm really just more, I really get in tune with the bike. You know, it's, it's me, it's me and the motor going down the road. And I think it's more mental for me. I just kind of get lost in my thoughts sometimes and I've never really considered the music. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that a taste this summer and, and maybe that'll get me Maybe not an iron butt, but maybe that'll get me on some longer distance riding. Absolutely. Well, you know, cer- certainly everybody has their, their, you know, different state of nirvana or, you know, whatever, you, the peace, whatever you want to call it. And um, I just, like I said, yeah. I've, all my life I've happened to just love music and, and that just kind of drives my soul. And uh, yeah, so that's just kind of worked for me well. And um, yeah, so like I said, the stopping, you know, taking breaks, it's important. Um, take care of your body. Um, you know, the, some of the foods you eat too, I've learned this from other long distance motorcyclists who've, who've taught me. Um, the food is important too. You don't want to eat anything heavy while you're riding, especially in the hot summer sun. You know, you want to yeah, kind of keep your exactly. light, that kind of thing. Yeah. So nothing terribly upsetting. You know, if it's, <laughs> if greasy food bothers you, you got to stay away from that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you, Deb. I like to listen to a playlist while I ride. So I'm constantly bumping the hits while I'm, <laughs> while I'm riding. <laughs> Me too. I am singing. I am dancing. I mean, you know, yep. how about when you guys are going through, ch- uh, uh, Chattanooga there, Rico, and you guys were banging it out. 
I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we were stuck in traffic, and I just turned up the radio. We were just sitting there jamming back and forth. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Okay, so you've got the CC. What is that called again? CC? The 50CC. 50CC, okay. Coming up. And then any long-range plans? Like, do you have your sights set on? I know we talked about the Four Points ride and, and things like that. Do you have a sort of a lofty goal that you might be setting a couple years out? In terms of a big ride? You know, honestly, Alaska. Um, I would love to do that um, for sure. You know, head up through Alaska, uh, Canada, and then you know, up into Alaska and do that ride. Uh, it's always been a dream of my husband's. And, um, you know, there's some things that I really, he, he, that we can take our tent and camp out. Well, I'm not really too keen on that with the bears. I like to camp about three <laughs> days max, but not with the bears and, and the wolves and all that situation up there. Um, probably not going not gonna to do that, but... Um, but yeah, Alaska would be a good goal. Um, there, there's an, a ride that this, this young lady, uh, she's in her thirties and she had only been riding, I believe if I get this right, her name, uh, about three years, I think Kate Johnston. And she did the fifth, see the coast to coast. I'm sorry, it's called the extreme coast to coast. She did Key West to Alaska back to Key West. And I believe it was a 21 day period, something like that. Um, Kate did that in 2014, the summer of 2014. It was huge. She's the first person to uh, accomplish that. So kudos to her. Wow. Yeah. Shout yeah, out, no shout out to that girl. She is just amazing. So yeah, That's right. <laughs> My hat's off to her yeah. for sure. <laughs> so when you ride, do you have a set group of people that you ride with? Who do you normally take your long distance rides with? Um, just my husband and, um, I have taken a solo, uh, on my own, which was probably, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Honestly, um, never thought that riding by myself, that was another big fear of mine that I had to overcome. Never thought I could ride by myself, but I really wanted to try. And, um, so October a year, so it'd be 2014, I decided to take a solo to my uh, best friend's, um, town, which is LaGrange, Georgia. And I got on the bike and, you know, made all the preparations and plans and I took off and, and rode all the way there and visited her for the weekend and then turned around and came back home. And so that was, that was amazing. I took me about 10 or 15 minutes to get over that fear of kind of being by myself. And here I am a woman on the road and, you know, all these things you kind of think about, but, um, my husband made me go through a a course of, you know, how to plug a tire, how to put your bike in the center stand, (laughs) that kind of thing, which was very helpful. So, um, how to pick it up, like you said, how to pick it up, right? Yes. (laughs) But I will tell you that the group ride, I like short group rides. I like when, when we're at their rallies and we get together. Um, I, we have actually a group of, um, we have a club <laughs> within the BMW organization called the Half Moose Wiscopalians. And I have to give a shout out to my people there. And about 18 people in the group, uh, husbands and wives. And we have some a few lady riders in the group. And um, we, we will t- at times go out during the rallies and we'll take a ride together. And that's fun. It's a whole lot of fun. We get out there and rip it up and tear it up and have a good time and stop for lunch. And, you know, so those times I like groove rides, but long distance, I just pretty prefer to be with my husband or even by myself. So that sounds cool. That sounds like our Saturday night, right, Rico? Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's so a lot Deb, of fun. Yeah. 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 So Deb, what kind of bike does your husband have? Oh gosh. <laughs> Well, he's got several. He's um, he's got a, a, a ninety four GSPD, which is the parasitic car model. These are all BMWs. Um, he's got the uh, two thousand and two R eleven fifty RT. Just purchased a nineteen ninety six R see R eleven hundred RSL. Um, I mean, we've got several several. We got two two more in the garage that are older models eighty eight. I'm not even sure. I think it was an R100, and yeah, so, I mean, it grows. (laughs) Definitely a motorcycle family. (laughs) Yeah, I know, that's right. Yeah, once it seems like once you get one, you know, it's it's never enough. You're like, well, you know, maybe I want something for the dirt. Maybe I want something for the long haul, and and sort of my my stance with bikes has always been like a one-way stable. You know, once they come in, they never leave. Exactly. So that's cool. A riding family. We like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to talk a little bit about new bikes just for, just for a second. So I know, you know, the, your baby obviously is a 94, but, you know, what do you think of the new BMWs or just new bikes in general? So I guess kind of a long way around is, you know, if you could buy anything off the off the dealer's floor now, what what would it be? Still be BMW or would you consider something else? You know, I really think it would be BMW um, only because I'm just familiar with the brand. I like the way, I, again, because of the sport touring. I realize Honda has a really great sport touring bike. And 
Um, I believe Kawasaki does, but I, I'm into the sport touring. And so probably I would stick with the BMW only because I, you know, I know that brand and tried and true for me. Um, the newer models, I have not had a chance to test drive any of the newer models. Um, I plan to at this, we usually at our national rallies, we have BMWs there and we can go out and take test rides. So I plan to do that this year. Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> my husband, my husband works on, on friends' bikes as well. And somebody brought in a, uh, sidecar. It was a, a, a Ural. That's how you say it. Ural. 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 Yep. Ural. And brought in the, the Ural with a sidecar unit. And I fell head over heels in love with that thing. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> they are. I could cool, see. Aren't they? I could see myself tooling around town, like going around picking up girlfriends for you know lunch and saying, "Look, come on, hop in." You know the fashion used to having it. You know, all dressed up, and you know, I could just see myself doing that. So <laughs> right. <laughs> that'd be that'd be my around town cruiser. Fashionista and friends. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're all over the map with bikes. The, the Urals are cool, and even in the last episode, we talked about sidecars, just in in regard to getting my boys on the bikes and. They're only they're five and seven, and they both really want to ride. But there's no way I'm going to try and put them on the back of the of the Harley. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I can see that. But a yeah, sidecar side would do. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about electric bikes? Um, not so much for me, but um, but then again, I don't know too much about them. I mean, I I know that uh, a gentleman just completed an iron butt run, I believe, on an electric uh, motorcycle out of California. I read about that. I think that was probably, you know, maybe six to eight months ago, but um, that was kind of cool. But I don't know. I just prefer the, for myself, again, just a standard, you know, bike. The reason I like the older models as well, I'm talking about that instead of the newer models. The newer models, you have to take them to the dealership to get serviced. Anything happens to them, they have to go to the dealership. You know, older models, we can fix them right here in the garage. So There you go. And when I say we, I'm learning to wrench a little bit. Very nice. There you go. That's a bonus. So the fashion is to wrenches. That's right. I love to have my girl in the garage, too. No, that's right. Come on, baby. Fix your bike. <laughs> is, is is Wendy going to wrench, or is she just going to make you do it? Well, she she does help me. So, like, um, I just did a project. I took apart uh, uh, um, a Dodge Dakota, and uh, she helped me take the seats out and everything and get it ready. So this was a, a project car she found, uh, five-speed, and... Uh, we fixed it up and got it running, got her looking pretty. So, uh, yeah, she was out helping me with that. So anytime I need help in the garage doing whatever, she's always there to kind of help and learn how to do things. So that's one thing about her. And she loves the outdoors. So any kind of anything outdoors, she loves it, whether it be mountain climbing or just hiking in the woods. She's, she's all about it, surfing, whatever. Yeah. Rollerblading. My kind of girl. Good stuff. That's right. If you could give sort of a final tip on, you know, either getting into an, an official iron butt ride or just long riding in general, just, you know, what would be the one thing you want someone to know more than anything if, if they're about to undertake this type of thing? Um, you know, a good plan is always, uh, is always a great thing. Sitting down to, you know, figure it out early, early on, because you've got to have a kind of like a time frame in, in mind. I had little note cards that I used kind of an archaic way, but I had them in the, the top of my tank bag. And each stop, I would turn that, you know, the, uh, the the new note card up on the front. So basically, I knew what time I was supposed to get into my stop and what time I should be leaving. So what happens is if you do get in earlier to your stop, then you've got a time bank that you're building. So you get stuck in traffic somewhere. There's no panic involved. Right. Because it's honestly all about trying to be as stress-free as possible to be happy in a good mood. That's what helped me through both of them. I mean, just being pumped, um, not being, you know, getting tired and, and overdone and grumpy because that just kind of works against yourself. So again, just a good a good plan, making sure you're taking care of your body. Um, one thing that I, I always do is, is uh, completely kind of like do a cleanse. Basically, when I say that, I mean like no alcohol for several days prior to, yeah. a lot of hydration, a lot of good foods, uh, exercise, a lot of good sleep. So again, just taking care of yourself because it is a, a very physical, um, you know, thing you're doing out there. You're on you're on a motorcycle, but it's very very physical. And um, yeah, so that would be my advice: is just a good plan. And plans don't always work well, but at least you have sort of a skeleton of something, you know. And and just taking care of your body and yourself, making sure your bike is is top maintenance. Um, in my world, I wear you know a lot of us in in the course in the BMW long distance riding world, we wear. Um, gear as well, good gear, um, the good gear, proper fit, 
um, full-faced helmets, um, you know, and, and the less wind you have blowing on your face or your body when you're doing long-distance ride, the less you're going to get fatigued. Um, I wear earplugs that are that are formed into my uh, ears, my ear canals. Are, they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so that, that helps, too. It helps to reduce, again, any kind of, um, you know, beating your body's going to take over this. Um, I do want to mention one plug. That was one thing I wanted to say earlier about my articles. There is a new, for women out there, there is a new um, women's apparel writing company that's starting up in Richmond, Virginia, uh, Worse for Wear. And they're starting out, they just announced yesterday that their line is going to start with um, abrasion-resistant jeans, which is such an awesome idea for, um, you know, in-town riding. You want to look stylish. The fashionista wants to look stylish. That's right. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, so you want to, and you want to be safe as well. So they're going to make, uh, they've got two, two colors, indigo and black. And, 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 you know, they're going to be fitted for a woman um, in different sizes of women and, you know, and, and not going to run, you know, like when you sit down on the bike, it's not going to be showing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, showing places you don't want to show and that kind of thing. So, so good gear is always uh, very, very important. Um, yeah, when we ride. So, yeah, hopefully that helps. Um, you know, again, once you once you do an iron butt, I guarantee more than likely you're going to be addicted. So. There'll be a second and a third. So beware. Yeah. Yes, there'll be a second and a third and more than that. So, <laughs> so going back to the worst wear. So, are they going to do any bedazzling going on any of those <laughs> I'm not sure about bedazzling, but um, but they're gonna you know it's still gonna look good on a woman. They're gonna make her um, you know feel like you know like a woman, and, and they're gonna be fitted for women. And it's not gonna be a man's right um, you know outfit that's sized down for a woman, or you know that's just that's been my issue all along. Or they want to put us in pink and purple, and yeah. I don't mind those colors, but I really don't want to be you know put in pink right. and purple all the time. So. Um, I'm excited about that. They're going to start with their jeans and then eventually going to make, um, you know, go into making riding suits and that kind of thing. So um, Scott and Lara have, they've really done their homework. They have put a lot of time and effort and energy in their entire lives into this project. And it's a, it's a USA made grassroots organization and a, a pretty cool little deal. So uh, you can look them up at worsewear.com and um, yeah, and, and just check it all out. So Sure will. I have to get my wife a pair. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm I'm excited to try one out. So <laughs> I'll let you know. All right. Good stuff. All right. So where where's the best place for people to find your stuff, Deb? Besides, you know, I had, I know you have a website and the the BMW magazine is for owners only, is that correct? It is. It's a subscription, um, you know, the members, but people can they're actually offering. You can go online and look at the magazine on uh, BMW, I believe it's uh, bmwon.com. I'm sorry, bmwmoa.com. You can go and check out the magazine there. Um, I also, uh, of course, The Fashionista has an ironbutt.com. I am also on Facebook at The Fashionista has an ironbutt. Um, Instagram, Twitter, you know, again, you can find it on my website, all of my different social media places. So that's where you can find me. And I I do plan on doing other articles and branching out a little bit. Possibly I'm looking at, you know, Roadrunner and a couple of other uh, long distance sport touring magazines to maybe hit some articles up with as well. So just keep an eye out. Very nice. Yeah. I've, I've been reading your stuff. Like I said, I'm, I'll continue to follow that. I, I like the style, especially your, your road trip stuff in terms of the ride experience itself. And then the stuff along the way, I really like the way that's all spun into the articles. So good job there. Thank you, Rich. All right, John Rico. I think uh, I think I'm good. Like I said, I'm I'm just kind of blown away. It's it's a fascinating story, and like I said in the beginning, this was really kind of the intent of the show all along. Is we just wanted to bring in people that are out riding and doing interesting things, or you know, just have some some interesting stories to share. So I I do thank you for your time. This has been great. Absolutely, and thank you both again, or all three of you. I'm sorry again for having me on the show, and um, I look forward to uh, future ventures. Yes, it's been great and enjoyable. And if I rode, possibility maybe getting out, but I don't know. <laughs> so we're working on it. We're trying to get them at least onto a, a Can-Am Spider or something. So we're we're working on it. That would be awesome. I- anything, anything. All right, yes. Rico. I'm all good, my friend. And uh, thank thank you again, Deb, for joining us and uh, uh, showing being able to showcase you on the show. And uh, good luck in all your ventures and ride safe. Thank you very much, and same to you. Very good. So I'll leave my usual reminders here at the end that uh, show, show notes, including links and images, can be found at our website. And for this episode, it'll be loudpipes.net slash 39. We'll have links there to Deb's website and all the various things we mentioned today and maybe a couple of pictures as well. 
Uh, you also find links there to subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or check out the subscribe on Android option if you're looking for something on your Android device. And star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio are a great way to help promote the show. And if you feel it's less than five stars or you have questions or comments, you can drop us a note at feedback at rdubstudios.com or click the feedback link on our website. And lastly, if you're enjoying content like this and you would like to help us reach our goals and possibly receive rewards for your contribution, check out our donation page at loudpipes.net slash donate and click on the Patreon image. We still do have the one-time donation button that is available for donations of any size, and those are greatly appreciated. Gentlemen, thanks for your help, as always. No problem, man. Gentlemen's are almost done, too. Awesome. Deb, thanks for hanging out with us again, and we'll look forward to hearing your future stories, and we'll have to get you back for an update at some point. Awesome. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. All right. Kickstands up. Take care, everyone. Chopila! Oh, wait. I got to play it. Chopila! This has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.